Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Download Podcast. You're in store for another amazing interview. We bring on special guest, Pastor Todd Bishop. He recently wrote a book called Leadership Unleashed. So during this interview, he unpacks some leadership lessons from this book. Now, Pastor Todd Bishop is the lead pastor of Church Unleashed, which is in Long Island, New York. Um, you're going to enjoy this really amazing discussion that we had on leadership. So um, feel free to grab the book. So if you're interested in uh, getting a leadership book in your hands, um, the book is called Leadership Unleashed. You can get the book at toddbishop.tv. Again, the website is toddbishop.tv. So feel free to check that out. He has a book, study guide, and masterclass. So we hope you enjoy this interview with Todd Bishop. Well, welcome to another episode of the Leadership Download. Today I'm here with uh, a good friend here, Pastor Todd Bishop. Uh, so Pastor Todd Bishop uh, just released his new book, Leadership Unleashed. Congratulations, Pastor Todd, on yeah, uh, thank you. your new book. Um, so happy to have you on, on this podcast, and thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Just really honored to be with you to share a little bit about the book, a little bit about my life, and uh, hopefully uh, inspire some people to run after the leader God's called them to be. Yeah, well, thank you. And um, could you tell us a little bit about kind of your heart for this book? What what made you write something um, such an inspiring topic uh, with Leadership Unleashed? Yeah, I appreciate that, Cameron. I I never thought I'd write a leadership book. That's just, nobody does that um, unless you've excelled beyond. And, and I just thought like, I'm looking at my life. I'm looking at, I've been a pastor for 27 years. I've led mostly in the nonprofit sec sector, but I was really, I was on a plane one day and, and God kind of, not in an audible way, but kind of just nudged me and said, um, there's a leadership vacuum. Um, people don't know what true leadership is. They, they know what titles are. They know what jobs are. They know what assignments are. But what is true leadership? And the ultimate guide of leadership is the Bible. The ultimate guide of how we carry ourselves as, as not just Christians, but as humanity is discovered in the word of God. And so I put together this book of 52 different lessons and all of them are littered in a positive way with God's word of where those principles come from. So I'm on a plane, Cameron, um, flying to West Palm. God nudges me with this. And on my journal, I just start crafting out some subjects or lessons that I've spoken to our staff or other people. And that was really the genesis of it. It wasn't fancy. It wasn't like um, somebody said, you should write a leadership book on this. I just felt like God said, hey, there's a vacuum here. And maybe you might be able to contribute a little bit to it. Um, so we we kind of picked out a few lessons here that stood out for us to us, and we really like the format of the book, how it's structured in fifty two lessons. Um, so Travis, do you want to start it off with us? Yeah, Pastor Todd, I really appreciate that they're short because that's about sometimes all my attention span can can stand at times. Yep. So uh, that is perfect for me. But uh, the really the first one that popped, you know, when I started reading was learn how to talk to yourself. Uh, do you elaborate on that one? Yeah, I mean, this is this is about inner dialogue, uh, self-talk. It's about how you speak to yourself. Um, I, I say this all the time to our church, and I say it when I speak in certain environments. I say, you know, I get up every day, 
And I walk into my bathroom. I look in the mirror and say, you're the best looking guy in this room. Now, I'm the only guy in the restroom at that point in the morning. But I do that just to kind of have some inner centering. And I think, you know, I grew up, um, I love my mom. My mom was an incredible woman, worked very hard. But my mother had some struggles. One of them was with verbal abuse. Um, and so I heard, you're the reason husband number two left. You're the reason husband number three left. You're the reason I heard that. And it kind of got indoctrinated in my mind. Like, I, I'm not good enough and I'll never be good enough. And I wrestled with that a very long time and still, and still today, I think I wrestle a little bit with insecurity because of those words. And so I thought if people can speak that over me, what can I do to reverse that if I start speaking other things over me? And so I started to really just make some inside internal declarations about me that I, that I learned from others. And I said, you know, I, I am better than I think I am. I do know more than I think I do. I can do more than I believe I can. And I make those daily declarations, those three, every single day over my life. I pray, God, I'm going to walk in. I'm going to sign the right deals. I'm going to meet the right people. I have the right words for those who are going to need to hear those words. Because if I can't talk to myself, how can God talk through me? And that's any, that's not just being a pastor. That's any leadership position that if you are an insecure leader who has been filled with negative self-talk, that self-talk is eventually going to come out and it's going to come out and it's going to be combustible and it's going to be detrimental to your team, your staff, and even your organization, business, or church. So that inner dialogue to me, Travis, is something that I, that I just ingrained because the Bible says the power of life and death is in your words. And so I want to make sure I use those words not just to encourage other people, but just like David, I got to encourage myself. I got to encourage my King David. I got to encourage myself in the Lord scripture says, and I want to make sure I do that. So I really encourage leaders to find their inner dialogue and to make sure they're not self-defeating or self-destructing in their language, but they're encouraging themselves as much as they would encourage somebody else. So on any given day, you know, you're, let's say you're having one of those days that just doesn't seem to want to go your way. And you're, you're fighting that inner, that inner, inner, uh, voice that wants to drag you in the wrong direction. What are some of the things that you do to kind of center yourself? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, for me, I, I want to go back to always what God says about me. And so I'll recite certain things that I find in the Bible. You know, I'm the first and not the last. I'm above and not beneath. You know, I'm the apple of God's very own eye. I'm a son or daughter of the Most High God, depending on, on who you are. And, and so I go through that whole thing, that that conversation just goes. So it starts there. I want to I recite what God's word says about me. Two, I want to surround myself with the right people. You know, when I'm feeling down, I might let my personal assistant know, hey, keep people away from me today because I need to have a little bit of Todd time and I need to call some pastor friends of mine. I need some time to just kind of recalibrate. I might take a walk. I might, believe it or not, as busy as life gets, I still love dropping a game of Madden. So I might actually kick everybody out of our TV room and I'll jump out and I'll play Madden and I'll go down there for two, three hours or watch a basketball game. You know, it, because it's not just how you talk to yourself. It's also how you treat yourself. Self-health is 
little talked about in the Christian world. It's seldom talked about in the business world. I know I was talking to an officer in our church and he was going through something. He's in the special victims unit in the NYPD. And he was saying he can't really go talk to anybody because if he does and has that conversation, he may be put on the sideline. And so I'm grateful that I can be there for people. And you got to make sure you get the right people that you can talk to. So I'm going to have some positive self-talk. I'm going to do some conversation, recite what God says. I'm going to get around the right people. And I'm also going to avoid the wrong people when I need to. I think that'd be just a few ways that I might protect myself from kind of overcompensating on the negative side of inner, inner dialogue. Yeah. And I like that you say, Travis, that it's short. Each lesson is short because it's written with, I always say this, I'm an ADDHD person. I got ADD <laughs> and high def. So I need it to where it's digestible for me. Yeah. Because if, if I can't digest it, I, I put a book away. And so I think the book yeah. is actually written in a simple format to help people really not feel overwhelmed by each principle. Mm-hmm. And awesome. uh, one of the lessons that, that one of the next lessons that stood out is every leader needs a leader. Can you unpack this one for us? Well, you know, this is so important. Um, I think for years and years of leadership, I thought it was just me. Like I'm just, I'm leading myself. Uh, I'm leading others, but I, had this talk about five years ago with a friend of mine that said, I don't have anyone leading me. I don't have anyone speaking into my life or correcting me or saying, Hey, you shouldn't do this or do that. So I made a decision about, and I think it was five years ago, my wife and I had this talk. I said, who's our pastor? Hmm. Who's really shepherding us? Who's really leading us? And Cameron, you know, I, I was thankful. I, I had a, husband and wife, pastoral team that was brought into our lives. And I just asked him, Hey, would, would you guys mind being our pastors? We, we need someone to cover us because I don't want to unravel because I don't have someone kind of directing, correcting and protecting me. I want to make sure that I can get to my destiny because I got someone leading me. And so we came under the leadership of David Nicole Crank. And I can, I, I can't tell you what God has done in our lives as we've submitted to another leader and said, hey, we don't know it all. We want to learn. We want to ask questions. We want to, we want to grow, correct us. I, I think it was two months ago. You know, I'm a New Yorker. So I get a little, um, you know, I get a little like one of the one of the lessons is called screw what other people think. The editor didn't really like that. They wanted to change it around. And I said, this is New York. You know, we, it's kind of how we talk. You know, it's like we're just straight to the point. Yeah. And this pastor, Dave, Pastor Dave called me and he said, hey, I got to talk to you about something. I saw one of your posts. It's great in New York, but if you want God to give you a national platform, you got to tone it down just a little bit. I submitted to that. Now, as a, you know, I'm almost 50 and I'm like, well, why am I? But I literally said, you know, I'm just going to submit to it. And, uh, and the doors that Pastor Dave and Nicole have opened for us as we've submitted to them because of certain things like that. I think it really propelled us. Leaders not only are there to say, hey, I got a leader. They're there to protect, correct, and direct you so that you can become everything God's designed you to be because you'll never reach your full redemptive potential. You'll never unleash your leadership unless you have someone that you have given permission to to speak mm-hmm. into your life for accountability. And, uh, and I'm grateful for that. 
yeah, oftentimes that could be a struggle, especially in leadership, because there are times when you know you're right or your way is is the way and you struggle with receiving some type of critical feedback. And it, that feedback might be for your good, but you're sometimes you get so stuck in that, you know, this is the way we're going to go. This is the way it's going to be. And it's really hard to submit to other people. But I think surrounding yourself with a good community of of leaders that you give permission to to step into your world and be able to give them permission. You know, I see Travis as one that um, we're both very critical of each other and we take the feedback very well. Um, but uh, that's still 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 a great struggle for in leadership. Yeah, it was interesting. I was uh, I was at Pastor Dave's house back in. I don't know, a few years ago, and you know, he's got a beautiful home. It's a block from the water in West Palm Beach, and and it's just beautiful. And, and over there, it's, there's a palm tree, and I'm literally, there's a bunch of pastors there, and I'm New York sarcastic, so I'm like, man, maybe one day I'll afford that palm tree. In front of everybody, he rebuked me. He <laughs> said, why would, you, why would you speak that over your life? Why would you say that's all you can afford? Why would you say that's all you're going to? said, no, 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 we don't accept that. So I sarcastically responded as a New Yorker, well, maybe two palm trees then. And, uh, but the lesson was learned in that there's life and death in your words. Your language matters. The words you speak, you know, you got to be so cautious. And we need leaders that actually have leaders. And I think one of the leadership vacuums is, and you see this a lot in politics, you have leaders, but they have no real leadership. We need it in all spheres, education, political, church, religious, nonprofit. We need leaders that are going to have people that are actually covering them. And I think that's been some of the challenge in some of our leadership in our world today mm. is they don't answer to anybody. And if you don't answer to anybody, you'll be consumed by everybody. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's, that's powerful. Cameron does make me cry sometimes though. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> So, so the second one that, that, you know, and all of them are great. There's 52 in total. Um, all of them are great, but the refuse to get stuck in the comparative narrative, man, this one is one I struggle with quite often. Yeah. You know, if you're a leader and you don't struggle with this, you're probably not a good leader. Um, you know, comparison is one of those interesting things, Travis, that so often um, we don't admit we're comparing. You know, like I'll look at what some other churches might be doing. I'll look at, hey, what are you guys doing for this service? What are you doing for Christmas Eve? What are you doing to reach your community? I'll, you know, I do a business leaders breakfast once a month. I meet with about 50 to 75 business leaders in our church. I'll rub shoulders with them. Hey, what are you doing with budget? How are you planning for the potential recession? I'm comparing. I'm comparing things. And I, we tell our kids all the time, you know, when you complain, you remain. But when you compare, you're in despair. There's just no winning in comparison because I'm not designed to be like Travis and Cameron. I'm designed to be Todd Bishop. So if I compare myself to you or someone else, I'm basically fighting against the destiny or the creative genius that God had when he made me. And so I think when, when it comes to comparison, I think one of the biggest challenges that I found is I compare myself to those who are usually above me, but I don't usually look within myself because I'm not fighting those who serve in another church or another business position or a nonprofit. I'm not, I'm fighting against myself. I want to be a better version of myself tomorrow 
than I was today. So when I'm comparing myself to somebody else, I'm not being a genuine me. And God designed me to be me. He designed you guys to be you guys. Hmm. Because if I get so stuck in, I've got to be this person, or I've got to preach like that person, or I got to lead like this person. That's why a lot of what I do when I coach uh, business leaders is I don't prescribe to them, do this. I describe to them opportunities because the wrong prescription put in the wrong body has harmful results. But when you're describing what you've experienced and what God's done in you, and you're describing it to somebody else, they could, you know, take the good, spit out the bad. Um, they don't have to feel like, oh my gosh, he's telling me what to do because then there's that comparison that comes in all the time. And so for me, comparison in the past, I was a comparison junkie, to be honest. Um, I compare myself to everybody else. And then I realized I had no joy. I'm like so frustrated. Like, why can't I have this church? And why can't I do this? And why don't I have this person's home? And why don't I have that person's car? Next thing I know, I'm like, I start talking to some of those people. They're miserable too, because mm. they're at a higher level comparing themselves to somebody else at a higher level. The Bible says to be content in whatever situation or season you find yourself. So today I'm sitting here saying, God, if the size church you've called me to lead, this is it, I'm good. If this book just gets in the right people's hands and that's it, I'm good. Whatever you design for my life, God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work hard. A friend of mine, Mark Batterson, says this. He says, work as though everything depends on you, but pray as though everything depends on God. And so I'm gonna trust him with my life. I'm gonna be obedient, but I'm gonna trust him with the results. And that takes away some of that, that comparison. And that, there's another one that I chose here is leaders see what others do not. This one's good, Cameron. This one's good because this one drives me insane. Leaders notice everything. And if you don't notice any, everything, you probably should not be the leader. Mm -hmm. So I'll give an example. Um, I do this occasionally. Like I might be walking down a hallway and I might see a piece of paper there. And I'll ignore picking it up. So I'm not going to pick it up. Let's see how long it sits there. And then I'll watch. I'll see staff walk by it. I'm like, hmm, okay. Mm -hmm. Then I get to a, a church service or an event. And a volunteer picks it up. And then I'll have a staff meeting. I say, guys, anybody notice the paper that was there? Or, you know, the broken doorknob or the toilet that's running or whatever it might be. I said, guys, we got to notice those things because if we're not noticing those things, then that means that spirit of excellence is not in us. So I'll walk into a room and I'm looking at everything. Um, you know, we have right now, as of the time we're recording this, you know, we're doing our book signing and we have our whole thing all set up. And I know I don't like that. We got to change that. We got to just, nobody else saw it. I said, this, it doesn't look excellent. It looks kind of like we just threw it together. I, I think leaders that have a capacity to notice the details actually can help their team do better and train them to say, hey, listen, it's not just about you doing a job. It's about you noticing everything about that job. Because if you notice the details, if you get elevated, you can train somebody else to do that job so much easier because you'll see. So we always say this in our, our staff, leaders see what no one else sees because they want to be what no one else is. And if leaders can't see it and somebody else does, chances are that other person 
actually might be the real leader in the room. So we try to encourage people. And I think this, this lesson is really a challenge to leaders to notice everything, like to try and pay attention. doesn't mean you're going to know every single thing as your organization gets bigger, but you got to notice some of those details. So if, if I can notice the details I'm overseeing, and then those on the next tier notice the details that they're overseeing, then there's excellence at multi-tiers. And if we could do that, then the organization, the business, the church, and nonprofit will run a lot more efficiently because every leader is noticing what they're called or, you know, kind of assigned to notice. And that's great. And as we kind of, you know, we don't want to give away the whole book, right? We want people to go out and buy the book, yes. you know, Leadership Unleashed. You know, we want to give you an opportunity. What, what, do, I mean, out of 52, is there, is there a few in there that you, you don't have to maybe unpack them, but just which ones are the most near and dear to you? Well, I, I think, you know, there's two that really settle in me um, because it's about legacy. Um, Lesson 52, I think, is one of the most important um, because it's lead like it's the first or last day of your life. In other words, I am literally going to give everything I got to what I'm doing today. I can't worry about tomorrow, but if, if on the docket is this, I'm going to lead like it's the first and last day of my life. I'm going to, I'm going to preach like it's the first and last day of my life. I'm going to do a podcast like it's the first and last day of my life. I'm going to have a team meeting like it's because I don't know whether or not it is. And so I think that one speaks volumes to me because, you know, I, I played sports my whole life or at least until I got to college. And, and that was something we always have this expression, I learned this in high school football, you know, leave it all on the field. Everything you got, just leave it all on the field. So I think that's an important one. I also think another important one is language matters. The words that you speak, it's important, not just in inner inner dialogue, but it's also important in what you say to others, how you communicate vision, how you communicate direction to people, uh, your language, your words, your tone, your facial expressions, all those things I think are going to be beneficial. There's one that I love too. It's, you know, it's another one about legacy and it's, you can't be biased against your family. Um, a lot of people today, you know, they, they struggle with the idea of, well, if I, what if I hire this person, they have the same last name or they're a distant relative. Mm -hmm. If they're qualified for the job and they can fit the bill, you can't be biased against them just because they share the last name or bloodline. Mm -hmm. And so I think those are just a few. I, I, and then one that really, I'll just, I'll just finish here. Um, never forget where you started. Mm. Um, I grew up in Buffalo, New York. Uh, I grew up we called it the snow capital of America. I'm not sure if that's really true, but we would get blizzards left and right. Uh, it seemed like every year snowfall, you couldn't even travel. You drive in the ruts. You wouldn't even be able to, you know, there was nobody plowed. You just go out and just drive in that. You wouldn't even have to steer because there was so many ruts. You'd just go straight with the rut that was there. And uh, I grew up in a poverty stricken home, multi-diverse divorce home, uh, single mom in and out of marriages, um, you know, verbally abusive. And I look back and I say, God, thank you. Thank you for where I've come to, but also thank you for where I started. Because I think my strong personality, I learned in the fire of pain. Um, my drive to not quit was because I saw my mom, even though she made mistakes, she never quit. She worked hard. She was disciplined enough to, to keep a job, to push, 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 push. 
I'm a uh, hard worker today because I saw my mom do it. I'm a reader today because I watched my grandmother do it. Uh, you know, so I'm looking at that. And I'm saying, man, I was influenced by godly women that spoke into my life far from perfect, but were direct. I don't want to forget those. I don't want to forget. Now, God's blessed me today. I live in a beautiful home. You know, we have nice cars. We, we have, you know, great church. But I, that's not enough just to live in where you are. Because if you forget your history, you actually desecrate your destiny. I want to remember where I came from. I want to remember those humble beginnings. I want to talk about it because I want my kids to know the blessings you have today is because mom and dad broke their backs for you, worked hard for you, and worked hard for God. Never forget where you started. And that one to me, uh, I could probably get emotional if I really kept going on this because I'm just blessed today. I, I used to say I'm just a broken boy from Buffalo, New York. And then a pastor friend of mine corrected me and said, no, no, stop saying that. Start declaring you're a blessed boy from Buffalo, New York. And so, so that's one that really touches me. Yeah. So that's just a few. Oh, that, that's, that's awesome. Uh, thank you for sharing some of these lessons. I think um, getting a sneak preview of these 52 lessons, it's, I'm very excited to, to take a deep dive in this book. And I know it's going to be a huge blessing, not only for your church, but I think leaders around this, the country and the world. Um, so before we go into, we have some fun, fun questions that we like to, to okay. do with our uh, guests that we bring on. Um, how can people connect with you and also uh, get a copy of, of your book? Okay. So they, you know, my handle's easy. It's at Todd R. Bishop on all social media platforms, toddbishop.tv right there. There'll be a pop-up right as you go onto the website. Hmm. You can get that. Um, pretty simple. Yeah. Excellent. So we got a couple of questions uh, we like to run through. Uh, the first question- Dead or alive, who would you like to have lunch with? <laughs> I like that one, actually. That's good. Um, th there's one person I really like to uh, connect with that I haven't really yet. It's Bishop T.D. Jakes. Okay. I would really like to have lunch with him. So if you can make that happen, Travis, I, I owe you a debt. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Oh. <laughs> um. Uh, so I like to ask this question. What is something you have done that you would suggest others do? Like experience Ooh, that's, that's or something that you've done in your life. So you say, you know, everybody should do this or everybody should try to do this. Okay. So I don't do this anymore, but I would recommend splunking. Splunk. Caving. Okay. Caving. So when I was in college, I used to go investigate caves. and I go a mile or two miles into the earth. You'd crawl through these small places. Now I can't do that anymore, but I used to do that. And it kind of just reminded me of the vastness of God because, you know, we, everything we see is one thing, but when you get into the earth, there's things that you didn't even know was there. It's like those who would go scuba diving. It's the same kind of concept. That's something I would recommend doing, but not at 50. <laughs> All right. And then another one would be, what's the best habit that you said you you've developed over maybe the last couple of years? Well, I think, I don't know. It's an anti-habit. Is that bad? Like, I don't, can I say an anti-habit? Is that okay? Sure, go for it. So no caffeine. Wow. Oh, wow. I, I do zero caffeine. I dropped that about 12 years ago. Um, I started to focus more on, I guess this would be a diet, good habit. Um, you know, getting my energy from eating the right foods. And so I dropped caffeine and, uh, honestly, I'd be insane if I was, if I had caffeine, cause I got energy right now. So I, I don't know. So 
<laughs> an anti-habit, no caffeine. Cool. And the final one is, uh, you know, we're talking about your book. What, what's a book maybe you've read recently that you would suggest others read on the, around well, the leadership I'm, space? Maybe. Yeah, that's a great question. Now, um, I just reread uh, Craig Rochelle's book, It, Lead Like It Matters. I read it when I first started the church. I think it was there thereabout. I just reread it again. When I first read it 15 years ago, or whenever it came out, it was somewhere in the early stages of the church. Um, it didn't didn't really resonate with me. Mm-hmm. When I read it this time, I was like, it hit me different. And I think sometimes we read books in one season that it's not for that season, it's for another season. It was that book for the season I'm in right now. Excellent. Mm, Cameron, do you want to wrap wrap us up? Yeah, well, Todd, Pastor Todd, uh, thank you so much for really um, not only just being a part of this podcast, but with the conversation that we've had over the last week. Uh, It's been really nice kind of following you and um, appreciate the uh, relationship here. I think uh, you're doing a lot of good work in the the leadership space. And um, thank you to, to continue pouring into uh, leaders. And I think this, this book is, is very much needed for today and, um, very much appreciate your time and, and today's podcast. No, thank you guys. And just honored to be on this with you guys and just so respect what you guys are doing. Uh, you know, we need more podcasts like this that have real solid leadership content and you guys are definitely doing it. So thank you for what you're doing. And I'm just really honored to be able to talk for a few minutes with you guys about this book, but also leadership, get to know you guys better and and hopefully move from just acquaintances to real good friends. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Todd. And uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Wow. This was truly an amazing interview. I know for Travis and I, this was uh, a great learning opportunity for us to get some leadership lessons from Pastor Todd Bishop. Um, This book goes through 52 lessons on leadership, so feel free, grab your copy, Leadership Unleashed, Take Your Life to Another Level by Pastor Todd Bishop. Um, You can purchase the book and the study guide and the masterclass at his website, toddbishop.tv. He also is doing a sermon series on Leadership Unleashed, so feel free to check out Church Unleashed in New York, Long Island. Um, He's doing a sermon series on that, and um, we really hope you enjoyed the guest we had today on today's podcast. Uh, We try to bring good guests that are really going to add value to you and hope that bringing on Pastor Todd really did that for you. And uh, so feel free, grab your copy um, and help support Pastor Todd Bishop, one of our good friends now. And we hope that you enjoyed this podcast. Um, If you want to listen to more content similar to this, check us out at uh, tcadvisorygroup.com or also theleadershipdownload.com. We got a lot of exciting stuff going on. You might see uh, uh, our website has just changed to TC Advisory Group. More to come on that. We're launching a a leadership business. In addition to, we are launching a podcast spinoff called the Executive Leadership Podcast. So more to come on that and stay tuned with us. Go to our website, theleadershipdownload.com. Connect with us on our social media platforms. Uh, We're on almost every platform you can think of. And again, we hope you enjoyed this. 
interview with Pastor Todd Bishop. Now, on our next podcast, we're going to have Christer from Web Manuals. It's an aviation company. So we hope you enjoy that podcast coming up where I sit down and interview with him uh, and talk about uh, someone from an industry that Travis and I are from, which is the aviation industry. So we're very excited to bring that content to you. Um, And thank you.